Thank you so much for joining and welcome to Accordingly, the podcast. Now, before we continue on into this next episode, I just want to remind you, you can check out all our information at www.accordinglythepodcast.com. This is a website that I made myself. It took a lot of work, so I really hope you guys enjoy what you see. When you first enter the website, you see how you can join the Accordingly, the podcast newsletter. That's where you can get emails on information on new episodes coming up and everything accordingly. Then there's some other tabs for you to be able to check out about me and some other things to do with Accordingly the Podcast. And don't forget to check out our social media pages. They're going to be listed down below and probably somewhere on the screen near my face. Alrighty, that's all I have to say and we're going to get on to the episode. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody, we are here for episode two of Accordingly the Podcast. I am your host, Miss Kathleen, and we also have our very, very, very special guest. A very special guest. This is Ollie, everybody. Ollie is Ray, our videographer, is Ray's dog, and he's just so cute. I babysat him before, and he's our accordingly mascot, and he just honestly just brings the calmest energy. And um, he just makes you feel like you're the only person in the world and he'll just stare into your soul. And he just makes everything a little bit better. So I wanted you guys to meet Ollie. Ollie, tell the people what you have to say. That's, that's about how I thought that was gonna go. All right, we'll let Ollie go back to his little spot, unless he tries to come back to me. Or I might let Ollie just go be a free man. Beeping. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning back into the second episode of Accordingly the Podcast. I am your host, Miss Kathleen, and today is a very, very special day, especially if you are someone who has a someone else, if you have a significant other, a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, um, whatever you want to call it. If you have someone that you share a very special love relationship with, this episode is for you. And if you don't, this episode is for you because if you're like me and you are a single mother freaking Pringle, you are definitely at the right place as well. So we're going to be talking about love today. Um, today's episode is called Plenty of Fish Trying to Stay Afloat in Love. But basically talking about as an overall of what this episode's about is talking about love. It's talking about love not just in the sense of Valentine's Day but talking about love in how I've experienced it in my life and and the examples of love I have in my life and why I oh so cornyly love love. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to dive into this one. This is just gonna be a very fun, relaxing episode. It's a topic that we definitely can all relate to because I think whether you felt love or you haven't, we all are aware of its existence and its power. And I think it's one of the most like ever evolving, flexible things that a person can inhibit is love it's just it whether it's with a friend a family member a loved one someone you used to love someone you're madly in love with like i think it just represents so many different things for all of us and i love to talk about it so basically i guess i'll start off with what inspired my relationship and my understanding of love in the first place the most primary example of love that i know are my parents and uh, they had such a unique 
love story and one that for where I'm at in my in my place of life at 25 being single um and not really doing the whole dating thing and the whole long-term relationship thing I haven't done that in a, in a minute longer than I care to admit um I think I've always just had such a beautiful healthy understanding of what love should be at least for me um from my parents um so yeah I'll, I'll tell you guys a little bit about that so my parents um my dad's name is Stanley and my mother's name is Felicity I know you're listening hi mommy um but they met at a point in both of their lives where they had both accepted that there might be a possibility that they might not meet their person in life that was something that both of them were struggling with and so to jump back over 25 years ago um my parents my dad was a banking computer coder for jp morgan and chase and my mom worked as a professional secretary in the same building here in manhattan and um very very randomly like my dad had just gotten out of a relationship with charlie sheen's aunt that's a whole other episode that is a whole other episode my dad used to date charlie sheen's aunt was one of his last long-term relationships before my mom and my mom was currently not seeing anybody just really focusing on on her job and she's um out of she's one out of ten siblings and she only two of them have ever left upstate new york where they all immigrated to um so she was just really focused on doing her boss bitch thing and, and making this money and, you know, and really just trying to make something of herself, not really knowing what that was yet. And and she wanted love. She wanted kids. She was watching all her younger and older sisters getting married and having families and wanted that for herself. But at the same time, that wasn't necessarily what she was goal oriented on. And um, so how they met was and just from off the top of my memory, they were in the cafeteria because all the office suites uh, shared the same like main cafe area. And um, my mom was sitting there with her girls and talking and stuff like that. And then she said, all of a sudden, this big black man come up to me and he and he just goes, hello, my name is Stanley. Uh, it's very, very nice to meet you. And my mom growing up, uh, being from South America, immigrating here in, I believe it was the 70s, um, at 16, like you could easily say that her and her sisters were probably fetishized by a lot of the, just, um, it was Syracuse, New York, back in the 70s, a lot of white men, a lot of like very, very standardized uh, groups of people. And um, I think my mom had never, well, not I think, I know. She told me one of the main reasons that she even agreed to ever go out with my dad was just the way that he spoke to her. He didn't say, and this is also New York City in the, in the, and at this point in the 90s right now. So like, cat calling, you think it's bad now. Listen, at least the lines are at least cheeky now. He didn't come up to her with a, hey, yo ma, how you doing? Um, What's good, babe? Let me get your number. Like none of that, none of that. Or this is the '90s, so let me get your beeper. Um, but he he came up to her and he said, "Hello, it's very nice to meet you. My name is Stanley Hall. Um, I would love to 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 talk with you or to get lunch with you." And pretty much they were inseparable ever since. And they were married like I think a year later. And then came my brother. And then two years later came me. Um, so they had found love at a moment where neither of them 
thought they ever were. And um, my parents aren't young. Let me not say that Felicity, Felicity. <laughs> my mother will come for me. Y'all have no idea. Caribbean parents don't play. And if you have Caribbean parents, you know. Um, but my parents are older than, than I think a majority of people my age's parents are. Um, like some of my friends' parents, the ages that they are now are the ages that my parents were when they had me. Um, my dad was 53 when I was born and my mom was, I was uh, the year of her turning 40. And, um, and so my parents were on the older side having kids and I was their second child. And there's only two years in between myself and my brother. Um, they, and they were just even just above the moon at the fact that they were able to have kids <laughs> the ages that they were. And, um, and just always, I could just feel that they just were just always so grateful that life had brought the two of them together and that I was lucky enough to see what it was to be so willingly, passionately, unmistakingly unconditionally loved like that was as prime as you get my dad came home from work from the city every day my mom picked him up from the train it was always a kiss on the cheek it was always a hug I always saw not just physically but just emotionally how much they support supported each other and it was so beautiful to watch growing up and it was devastating when we lost my father and even now to this day I know that my mom will never love and like my mom has like partners and stuff like that like she's not alone um but she very much still sees herself as a widow and the love of her life left too soon and i think when you're able to so closely witness that type of grief of losing someone you love that much i've lost friends i've lost family members nothing touched what my what my father's impact had on my life but I sit here and I'm and I've gone through different periods where like I I almost stay alone because I'm scared of ever having to have gone through the process of loving someone the way that my mom did and losing someone the way my mom did. Like that was just beyond a level of pain that I think I could handle. And uh, forever and ever we'll give her her credit where it's due. But um yeah, I, I think I just like at the same time, though, I'm just so excited for the, the for the opportunity to ever be able to have something like that. And just like how much it would suck if I did it. Um, I think that my father's a really, really beautiful example in a very, very short amount of time, the type of person that I need to have in my life. Um, and it, it's it's made me a picky dater. It's made me a picky, picky person on who I let so deep into my life because I don't think people realize because I'm a very just not loud, loud, but um, I'm a very just I am who I am and I wear it on my sleeve type of person. Um, my personality walks into the room sometimes before I do. Uh, and I think that with that, some people think that 
everything you see on surface value is everything about me. But I'm actually a very, very extremely private person. And I don't delve into a lot of my deeper emotions with people. And it's something I'm working on, but it's definitely not easy for me. It's definitely counterintuitive to the way that I naturally want to behave. I'll say that, um, but I'm working on it. And so because of that, I think some people think that it, like I'm very much so more open in my relationships than I am. And it's actually, I don't want to say hard because I don't want to I don't want to deter anyone from trying, but um, it's definitely not easy for me to, to be able to fully open myself up to others. And it's because I protect a lot of my pain from other people. Um, but at the same time, like if someone loves you, they want to see those parts of you. So I'm learning to let it go a little bit. Honestly, I just won't accept a lot of nonsense in my relationships right now. Like there was this guy that I was dating a few months ago and it just was so boring. Like it was just very, I need to be very mentally stimulated. And, and this person was like only willing to do the bare minimum of that. And I was just like, I can't talk for both of us. Um, I refuse to. And, um, and even the guy before that, it was like, even again, it's just like, where is like the actual like, relax where is the actual um where is the bouncing back and forth like where's the energy why does it feel like it, it's pulling teeth just to know what your favorite fucking color is like mine is green green like plants not green like limes like uh and i know a lime is a plant but you know what i mean and uh, i just i just don't really get why it's so hard for guys my age to really be able to just open up about like simple shit like, I don't want to talk about the next movie that's coming out. Like, I want to talk about how's your relationship with your best friend right now? Like, y'all Gucci? Y'all have fun? What do y'all do? Oh, that's cool. Okay. Would you ever be down to do that sometime? Like, you know, it's just like, where is the, the natural way of unfolding things? And for me, it just... It got really boring. And so I, I, at the moment, have stepped away from dating because I just think that if you go poking around in the ocean, just looking for whatever comes up and stuff like that, you're you're gonna be disappointed with your catch. And um, oh my God, that was so catchy. Oh, wow. Um, sometimes I surprise myself, y'all. Sometimes I surprise myself. Anyway, but like back to what I was saying, I I just think it's it's the whole online dating thing and stuff like that. It just gets really repetitive and it's very much a loop. Um, I haven't gone out with somebody through a date, uh, like a dating service, like an online dating app in a year and a half, just because I don't use them. <laughs> I don't use them. They're just draining. And you know what, as someone who works in entertainment and uh, is slowly starting to like navigate their way through social media, it's really crazy that we think that we're actually going to find somebody who who makes this tick by filling out a 250 character bio about ourselves. That's wild. Like you, the way that we all connect to each other is through experiences, is through telling stories, it's through connecting. It's not through describing ourselves for other people to either say I like that or I don't. It just it, that just doesn't make any sense to me. And like I used to try to make sense of it by like putting myself through the ringer with it. But 
it, it just feels like a, a endless game. And I think it's, it's more of like playing the lottery than it is about actively going out there and trying to connect with the right person. You know what I mean? Like, I think some people just get lucky in the way that the algorithm falls and they actually meet somebody that they can connect to. But I think the reality for most of us is that we're just going to keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling while someone else makes a dollar off of it. And my love is not for sale. So I don't do dating apps. I don't do stuff like that. I don't judge, though. If you want to do that Tinder, if you want to do that, that Bumble, if you want to hit that grinder, baby, do it. But like, that's just not for me i think and i just think i'm too much of an awkward human being to like have someone think that they know me well enough to date me off of a few quotations maybe a audio of my voice like i just don't think i don't think it's realistic for me i really don't i really don't i think i have an old school sense of love because of my parents and i'm okay with that <laughs> i'm definitely okay with that i just don't think it's worth the effort and and sometimes the nonsense that comes with it because let me tell you fuckboys are real <laughs> fuckboys are real and crazy people are real like i have met one person too many that is crazy um and like rushed into it with them and was just like no 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 like i'm not having your baby what you mean like i kid you not like crazy stuff like people are crazy and i have definitely wandered my way into enough situations where i'm just wandering back out i'm gonna chill on my couch i'm gonna talk to y'all and i'm gonna keep it chill for a while because <laughs> that's all i can afford to do uh, that's all i can emotionally support right now that's the whole other thing emotional support like love takes a lot of support love is not just pleasant love is messy and it's because you can handle or that you love someone enough someone enough to handle the messy that it's worth it hey i just i just can't do messy right now i am on such a not tight schedule but such a committed schedule like i am just committed to myself right now i'm committed to making sure like i've made it this far i have my own apartment in new york city i live in a two-bedroom keen keen i love it i love being here and i love the fact that i've committed to myself and my promise that I would come back and that I would come back stronger and that I would stay. And so the fact that I did that and have and have been able to maintain it so far, give myself a nice, nice little, if you can't see me, I'm giving myself a nice little pat, pat on the shoulder because I deserve it. And, um, and the work hasn't stopped yet. And I guess that's the point that I'm trying to get to is that it hasn't stopped. I'm still very committed to my goals right now. And I'm committed to the fact that your girl needs to eat. And um, I like my Wi-Fi and I like my extra things. And so we have to pay for them. And that costs money and living costs in New York City are bumblefuck. And so that doesn't leave me a lot of space to have like enough time to really care about being emotionally responsible for somebody else if that makes sense so it's just like if my partner comes home or comes over to my house after a bad day i just worked 11 hours and i don't even think i'm going to be able to make myself food let alone us food and then you coming in and you're having a bad day and you really need to 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 delve that out and i'm sitting over here writing emails like it just it's just not a, a healthy cocktail going on and um 
and I, I also think you have to be responsible when you choose to love somebody. Um, and I think, again, bring her back to the beginning. I think it's a lot to do with my parents. Like, they were very responsible with each other's hearts. They told each other exactly where they were at, where they were coming from. Um, nothing was left unsaid. Uh, they didn't go to sleep angry at each other. They were committed to growing together and becoming better and becoming parents and and doing well by their kids like the amount of devotion my parents put into the earlier stages of our lives just to make sure we were like extremely developed children and stuff like that like i don't even want to get into it but it's just like they had us doing like calligraphy camp to learn how to write beautiful cursive before we were like even learning how to do grammar like it was just my parents were, were very very amazingly devout parents and I was just too young to, to, to care about what they were trying to do for me. So I, I kind of turned my nose up at it during the time of it happening. But, you know, like it's not just loving each other, it's loving each other enough to make sure that the kids that they love were supported and that we felt loved. And I was, I'm one of the very, very, very lucky people in this world that I can thoroughly say that like I've been unconditionally loved to know the difference. I've been loved like I know I could come to my my mother, my best friend Angelina, my cousin Rob, cousin Bianca, Chantel, the list goes on with them. I got like 300 something cousins. <laughs> so I know all of you. But um, I, I definitely have people in my corner where I can 100% say like I could do no wrong in their eyes. And like not to say that I've done wrong in their eyes, but just like I I know I could come to them and be like, listen, the shit has hit the fan. The flames are at the windows. I have nothing left to give and I need to take and they will let me take. And I know that I don't have to feel guilt in taking their love. I know I don't have to feel responsibility and in, in, in gratification for being loved. I, I don't have to instantly return on what I purchase. Like, you know, like it just, there's just such a bliss in knowing that you are truly supported in that way. And it honestly just makes me feel not sorry, not sad, but just it makes me feel for people who walk through their life saying that they've never felt that. And so if you haven't, Follow me on social media. I love you like all day, all day, baby. But, um, and I think that's what like gave me the superpower of having a lot of love to give. It's like, when you get unconditional love, there's, there's, you can't look a certain way. You can't say something wrong. You can't be bad. Like you can't, and I'm not talking like blindsided love. I'm not talking about like the people in my life aren't ready to check me <laughs> because they absolutely are. I think more so than anybody, the people that are closest to me are absolutely ready to check me and get me back straight. But like, I'm just talking in a sense of like being able to sleep at night, knowing that like, if I lost this apartment, if I lost my jobs with the S on it, jobs, um, if I, didn't have a lot of friends, if I didn't have the money to buy clothes and artwork and, and furniture and all this stuff, I would thoroughly be okay. And I, it sucks to, to even think about like the fact that some people would not know what to do. 
like I know I have someone who will call, who will check in on me, who will take me to wherever I need to be, give me whatever I need to give to get. But I just, you know, like I don't, I don't think we get a lot of unconditional love anymore in this world. And, and it's actually like, now that I think about it, it's actually kind of wild because it's like one of the most fundamental, fundamental things we need to be okay, to go through what's hard is just knowing you're supported, knowing you're loved. And uh, I guess that's why I'm okay with waiting for a partner to love. I think that's why I don't mind being alone in the ocean with the fish and just letting them swim on by, baby. Because I just, the type of love that people that I've interacted with at the, at, for at least at this time and that that I've dated or that have had interest in me, it, it hasn't been on the agenda of finding somebody to love. It's been on the agenda to get something out of me in exchange of me getting something out of them. And I'm not looking for a trade. I'm just looking for a unity. I'm just looking for a union. Um, like I said this to Angelina the other day, my best friend, where I was just like, yo, I, I'm pretty sure the next time I date someone, they're gonna have to trick me into it. And they're probably gonna convince me to marry them too. Cause I'll probably be the last person I date. Cause I just don't see the point. Am I sounding defeatist right now? I don't wanna be defeatist about it because it's not that I don't see the point in being in a relationship right now. I just don't see the point of starting a relationship without the goal being love. I just don't. And I don't want that. Like, go shag somebody else, homeboy. <laughs> I don't, I don't want that. I think I've gone through and exhausted through my phase of like sexual liberty and all that cute shit that like modern day women go on about and like love it, support it. But at the same time, it gets tiring when there's no actual outcome to it. Um, and I think love makes sex good. So what's the point of having sex without love? Cause I don't know about you, but body friction is just uncomfortable sometimes. Like it's just, it's just like, what is that? But it's just, I just don't really see the point of it. Had it both ways. It's just really lackluster without it. And it's just, you're at a very different point in life than me if you enjoy that. So we don't mix on that level and I'm okay with that. Um, and I don't need to date you to figure that out. Like We could have a conversation about it and I could see we don't see eye to eye, so that's all I need. But um, let's talk about some other forms of love, right? Because it's not just about romantic relationships and stuff like that. Um, this type of love is my favorite kind of love. And it's self-love, right? Self-love. Ah, it's tricky for some of us. <laughs> uh, Self-deprecation is, I, in my opinion, one of the main things that people with mental health are fighting. It, it's just like how you talk to yourself is crazy um and i think how you talk to yourself is important and, and i don't think we we spend enough time thinking about that it's just like do you wake up in the morning and like talk nicely to yourself like what are your thoughts about revolving you how do you think of yourself because you're only gonna reflect what you think right it becomes a thought before it becomes a moment and I just, I've seen like a lot of people just have no love for themselves and wonder why they can't connect with somebody. And I'm like, 
to, well, to love yourself is to know yourself. So if, if you can't find a reason to love you, not to sound like that, but like, why should anybody else love you? You have to be responsible for the fact that if you can't find something to love, you can absolutely have all the power in the world to make it. You can you can make yourself love yourself. You can find little things. If it's if it's not the way you look, maybe it's the way you think. And if it's not the way you think, maybe it's the way you do. And if it's not what you do, maybe it's how you care. Like, I don't know. But you can find something. Uh, don't just be two dimensional with yourself and think it's just about your looks and, and how good you fuck. Like, it's just not that. And um, I think that self-love makes some of the most powerful people on the planet, to be honest with you. Because when you're reassured in you, ain't nothing else can stop you. Because at the end of the day, you got you. Um, I just, yeah, I love self-love. I really do. I love doing little things for myself. Um, I will make myself coffee every morning. <laughs> like, yo, like it sounds so cliche. It sounds so dumb, but it's really just little things. Or I'll take myself to a really, really nice coffee shop somewhere in New York City. There's tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of coffee shops here. And... Uh, just like take myself on a walk, buy myself new clothes, update my skincare, cause y'all know like Ulta Beauty, hello. Um, but I just, or sometimes I really just like, oh my God, I'm gonna sound so weird right now, especially cause like Ray and Brandon are in the room, but like I literally will like stare at myself in the mirror and just like have eye contact with myself. Like I kid you not, I just be like having eye contact with myself. And, and I'll have like conversations with myself and not in like a crazy, get the, the nice man with the big nets way, like in a way that like is really fulfilling of just like acknowledging you, me, yeah. Um, it's just, it's a beautiful feeling. And I think that some of us are just really scared to embrace that and just really be okay with our minds and our bodies and just finding ourselves beautiful. And um, I also think that like we do a lot of like false complimenting where we'll be like, yes, bitch, I like, go ahead, like stuff like that. And it's not just like very, very just like vague, uh, like kind of things of of boosting morale, if you will. But like when was the last time you told someone, you know what, the way you think is really interesting. You're a really special person. Oh my God, like you're a very, very strong human being. Like you must be so proud of yourself for being able to attain that much strength. Wow, I've never seen somebody like be able to do math that fast. You're a fucking genius. Like I can barely use a calculator. Like, you know, like when's the last time you actually like, whether it was to yourself or somebody else gave like an actually like thought provoking compliment or like term of endearment. Like when was like, I just feel like we're, we're as a society getting so detached from what love is as an, as an aesthetic, which is all great versus like what love is as an actual like state of being and something that you can give and something that has sustenance and something that like, grows into more and festers into more love like you know if if the love ain't changing it ain't real if it ain't changing it, it ain't real because real love 
changes and evolves and grows stronger and gets weaker where you find more strength and it, and it moves it, it changes it's an energy it's not compartmentalize like you can't checkbox love and just be like we love each other no like what do you love like how do you love um i think all of it's important and honestly like you can do little things for yourself like just really checking in with someone you care about and letting them know that you love them this valentine's day and whether that be a family member, your loved one, significant other, like not buying them a gift, not like what you totally can, totally <laughs> if you want to buy them a gift, but um, or like get them a card and stuff like that. But like actually just like verbally and, and physically and kinesthetically like sitting there and, and connecting with them and being like, yo, this is mad uncomfortable because we don't do this very often. But like genuinely, like everything that you have done for me in the last two years, like I'm thinking my best friend Angelina right now, like if I could say this to her, like just supporting me and, and, and just getting me through each moment and just reminding me that like, it'll be worth it no matter what. And just like the motivation and the focus you've given me and the actual knowing that your own world is like, has craziness going on inside of it, but you still found some way to make sure that I don't ever feel forgotten or that I don't ever feel like I don't have someone who's got my back. It's just out of this world. And like not a lot of people have that ability to be able to split themselves in 16s. And the fact that you're able to do that, you're the most miraculous, unbelievable person I've ever met. And I truly, truly think that there's nothing you can't do if you put your mind to it. And that's low key scary because like, world domination's on the mind sometimes with you, I don't know. But like, you know, something like that, just really having like a true conversation and just like expressing how someone makes you feel from the specifics, not the generals. Specificity, as the actors say. <laughs> Basically, as an all in all, to kind of wrap this episode up and send you guys on your loving merry ways, I just kind of wanted to I guess from my point of view, just so you guys know where I'm going into this Valentine's Day, is I'm going to be okay with being patient for my love and really enjoying being single and what more discovery I'll learn about myself, about others, <laughs> um, about love. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And and normally this is like a scary place to be in for me or for other people. Um, I, I know some people who have never not been in a relationship on Valentine's Day, but I just, yeah, I, I'm just okay with it being not another day, but a very rose colored day about myself <laughs> and then on to the next one. And I encourage you guys all to do the same. And whether you're spending it with somebody or by yourself or with a friend or with family, I just really, really want you guys to embrace this holiday and embrace what it is that we're all on this crazy planet in this crazy universe. And yet we have this small, small ability to love each other. 
But that pretty much wraps up this episode of Accordingly the Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with me and for having the curiosity to listen to this episode. If you are interested in hearing about everything accordingly, go ahead and check out our website and our social medias with the website being www.accordinglythepodcast.com. Thank you guys so much. Have a great Valentine's Day. Uh, Keep it PG if you must. Do what you got to do. But I love you guys and I'm glad that we're here. So thank you. Bye. Girl, I see your face everywhere When I'm going out, you'll be there Cause everything reminds me of you I can't take no more Girl, I think I'm losing my mind Try to go to work, but I lost track of time Cause everyone keep looking like you I can't take no more I miss your touch From your hands and your body It hurts so much To think of you as someone else Sweet talking to me Now I'm talking sweet all by myself Put your arms around me Put your faith in me Put your love